Hello and welcome to our daily devotional podcast. Today will be our last session before we take a break. And I, after this, starting tomorrow, I've um, asked you to start reading the book of Acts one chapter at a time. So for today's podcast, let me describe a little about the book of Acts, give you some tips as to how to study it or how to meditate on it. And then I hope you will finish the book of Acts and then we'll start devotional devotions and sermons on the book of Acts once again. So before we start, let's begin with prayer. Father, guide us as we embark on study of the book of Acts. Even as we learn about the power of your Holy Spirit and how you empowered, how you guided, how you spoke and comforted the believers, that we too may know how great, how powerful, how comforting you are, and that we may be confident as we allow you to lead us. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, the first thing then is how does one read the Bible in general? Now, you must remember that each of us has been created differently, and so there's no one style. Some of you read the Bible best when you're sitting behind a desk with the Bible open, and then you read it. You need that time, that concentration. Others of you may even be reading it on your knees. But some of you can't stand reading anything standing up. You have to lie down or you have to walk. Well, then if reading, if you don't read very well or you don't enjoy reading as much, try the audio Bible. Um, there are many versions available that are free. The one that I use is under Bible Gateway, as in G-A-T-E-W-A-Y. You can download the app. The app has many, many versions of the Bible and has many audio versions of the Bible as well. So you can just play the parts of the Bible that's being read. You can take your walks. You can lie down. You can sit in the park. God speaks to us in various ways. Don't restrict yourself. Moreover, some of you may find it most meaningful when you are surrounded by commentaries and you want to read about the background, you want to read about, um, to correspond the letters of Paul with his journey and with his experience, the persecution. You might even want to uh, correspond, correlate some of these like John or Peter with the travels and the, with the lives, the, the experiences mentioned in the book of Acts. Well then, if that's your style, I encourage you to do that. At the end of the day, when you meet in small groups, I encourage you also to discuss it because, you see, God has made us very different. Some of us have deep insights in life. Some of us insights in contemplation about God. Some of us are factual people and you read and you want to know facts, and you've gathered a lot of facts. Now, it would be such a waste if it's just for yourself. If you could gather in your small groups and do it together, either now or when we start our second podcast, then you can come together and discuss. Those of you who have done research can share your research. Those of you who are more contemplative can share your contemplations, and those who are more practical can share your insights as to how the Word impacted your life. God made us different, but he also wants us to learn from each other as one body. 
each part contributing to the other. So the first thing then is for me to encourage you to gather, whether it's husband and wife and children, or into little groups, into your small groups. And if you are looking for a small group, do contact me or contact any of our staff, uh, Paul, Christopher, Elaine, Magdalene, uh, anyone. And then we will help you into a group to, to further read and understand uh, what you read. And this is not just for the book of Acts. This continues for everything else where we gather to share our lives and share our insights. So first thing then is recognize how you learn best and allow God to use that way. Second then, let me I want to talk about the purpose of this book as well, the Acts of the Apostles. First of all, it is historical. So it uh, relates a certain style, it relates certain events. But as we all know, history is written for a purpose. There's no such thing as objective history. There's always a subject to history. What are we, our intention in history? In one way, you could say that the book of Acts is about the, how the apostles, how the first believers carried on their lives and continued to pass the message. In the Gospels, we learned the highlight was on Jesus. We learned how dependent the disciples were on Jesus. Uh, Jesus did almost all the work. Although he did send his disciples out alone for very, a few short moments, most of the time Jesus did the work. But at the end, before he ascended to heaven, Jesus also told his disciples, Behold, I will be with you to the end of age. And that wasn't an exaggeration, that wasn't hyperbole. It was simply this, that Jesus wanted what would be with his disciples to the end of age. While Jesus was absent from them, the book of Acts tells us about the Holy Spirit, or as some parts of it would say, the Spirit of Jesus. That the Spirit of Jesus would be with them, to guide them. Actually, this had already started, this experiment had already started. Remember when Jesus sent out 70 disciples and then sent out 12, and he said to them, go and preach the gospel, cast out demons? Well, they did, and they found power. They came back and said, even the demons listened to us. They were able to command demons to leave. They were able to heal, and they were able to preach. That was just an experiment to let them get a feel of what it meant to take instructions from Jesus, and yet not with Jesus present. There were two other occasions. One was at the triumphal entry, um, Palm Sunday, when Jesus told his a few of his disciples, go to a certain house, no, sorry, yeah, go to a certain place and then you see a donkey and it's coat, untie it, and if someone asks you what it's for, just say the master has need of it and he'll let you have it. It's almost like, well, just go blind. I'm not going to be there, but use my name and you're going to get it done. And then another time just before his crucifixion on Monday Thursday when he was looking for a room and he told the disciples the same thing, go to a certain place and tell them my master needs a room and you get that room. But those were experiments where Jesus was very close by and he was still with them. The book of Acts then begins with Jesus gone in one sense, gone to heaven and yet so present with them in the form of the Holy Spirit. So you could understand then that 
the life, the book of Acts from this perspective, that the, how the early first believers, the first disciples, lived their lives and continued proclaiming the good news, healing the sick, um, casting out demons with the presence of Jesus in the form of the Holy Spirit, or the Spirit of Jesus. You could look at it also from another perspective as missionary journey, how the gospel was spread from place to place and expanded from Jerusalem to Judea, to out Samaria and the other parts of the earth. You could see then as a fulfillment of scripture. I'd like to share with you a third way where we can divide the book of Acts into six parts. The first part would be from chapter 1 verse 1 to chapter 6 verse 7. Chapter 1 verse 1 to chapter 6 verse 7. And this will be the description of the primitive church in Jerusalem. What you notice as you read is that everything is very Jewish. The life, the preaching, all of it. Even the opposition was about the Jews and how the Jews treated the disciples, how the disciples shared the gospel. And you'll notice then that the sermons in this first segment are different from the sermons later on. This one was to the Jews. And then from chapter 6 verse 8 to chapter 9 verse 31, this was still the Jews, but they were the Hellenistic Jews. They were the Greek-speaking Jews who were, in some sense, they would say, backslidden somewhat. But Paul actually was a Hellenistic Jew as well. He was, um, he knew Greek, he worked, he, he was in fact a Roman citizen, yet he was a very strict Jew. And we read about how he was converted and how then the gospel began to move through Paul into the Gentile world. Paul would be the first, the key to who would be the one to lead the Gentile expansion. And then from chapter 9 verse 32 to chapter 12 verse 24, we read about the first expansion to the Gentiles. That's the conversion of Cornelius. And how that changed everything. We have the council in the church of Antioch where they talked about um, what it meant for Gentiles to come into the kingdom of God. And then from chapter 12 verse 25 to chapter 16 verse 5, we see the continued expansion of uh, the gospel. Sorry, this was the Jewish uh, council where they met and they had to talk more about how to spread how to accept and receive Gentile brothers and sisters into the faith. From chapter 16 verse 6 to chapter 19 verse 20, we read then about how it moves to the rest of the Gentile world and into Europe and how the Jews continue to reject the Gentiles and the gospel. And then finally, from chapter 19, verse 21, to chapter 28, verse 30, that's about Paul's trials, Paul's travels, especially going on uh, towards his trial, and how God continued to use Paul in reaching out to the Gentile world. Paul had the opportunity to reach out to kings and rulers. He would not have been able to do that on his own. But because of his trials and because he was a prisoner, 
he was able to meet with kings and rulers to share with them the gospel. So this could be also another way of understanding the book of Acts, the progression from a Jewish church to that of the Gentile church and how um, the gospel had to embrace the inclusion of Gentiles. Okay, now then, um, having done that, we next want to look at um, what is some of the tips, some some of the tips of uh, reading Acts. Actually, it's quite simple. You see, Acts is um, a narrative. And so like we did in Gospel of Matthew, you can do with Acts also. Every time you read a chapter, you imagine it in your mind, run it through your mind a few times, and throughout the day, revise, think again of this, what happened, the incidents, the things that were preached. And that will actually impact our lives a lot. But we need to remember several things. First, that although uh, the incidents did happen, they need not be normative. This means that while it tells us that God really did this, it doesn't mean that we need to do the same. Give you some examples of speaking in tongues. In many of the occasions when the Gentiles or when even the Jews were converted into Christianity, they broke out in tongues. Now then, some would say that, yes, um, speaking in tongues is the sign, initial, sign of initial uh, salvation. But that need not be true. Another one where we often see an incident as normative or as what it should be would be immersion, baptism by immersion. In those days, then many were immersed in a lake, in a pool of water. And sometimes we say then that only immersion is allowed. And yet, as we know the traditions of the church, that's not the case at all. And yet another would be at the beginning after Pentecost where the Christians shared all that they had. Well, that may still be an ideal, but so many times Christians have tried doing that and failed miserably. And we need to know why and what this incident was meant to tell. And so while we read the Bible and know that these were the things that actually really happened when the Spirit came upon the, Christian, the people there, it doesn't mean that God intends for this to continue happening to us all the time. It does mean that God could repeat it. God could repeat it many, many times. It doesn't mean that God insists that we do it many, many times. So take the speaking tongues, for example. Yes, it's repeated again and again. Many of us speak in tongues. Does it mean that all of us must speak in tongues? Unless the Bible explicitly says you must all speak in tongues, you must all sell your possessions and divide it and give it all to the poor. Unless the Bible says you must um, all be immersed when you baptize, we must not take any of these as normative. Rather, we stand and we watch the work of the Spirit and we wonder at how God could do these works. Now, if God then ch changes our lives, transforms us, and we do many of these things that were, um, that were mentioned in the book of Acts, praise be to God, then we are grateful and we say God is really at work in us. 
But just because it's not done, doesn't mean that God has left us, doesn't mean that we have been disobedient. It simply means that God has other ways of reaching out, other ways of ministering it to us and through us. And so as you read the narratives, do remember this, that not every incident is an incident that you've got to obey, but rather it's something that you sit back and you wonder and you worship God and you praise God for what He has done. And perhaps then if God does it again in our lives and in our church, then we say, wow, God has done this before and He's doing it again. Praise be to God. Let's embrace this and take it as God leads us. Of course, there are times when God does say, this is what you must do. Then, of course, we will do as the Bible commands us. Okay, so um, I hope you have a really wonderful time as you read the book of Acts. Encourage some of you who are more um, research-oriented to do your research, to read up on some of the controversies, the backgrounds, and more in the commentaries. But others among us, just to read and to reflect and let the Holy Spirit speak to you. Well then, I look forward to uh, meeting you every Sunday and then we'll resume our podcast on the 19th of May. God bless each of you very much. Goodbye. Oh, by the way, feel free to WhatsApp me, email me anytime during that period. If you have things to share, questions to ask, doubts that you want to raise, or just that you need help, you need someone to pray for you, um, just feel free to whether up WhatsApp me, or email me, call me, whatever. All right? Thanks. God bless you. Goodbye.